Hey everybody, this is Never Heard of It Podcast. I'm Sean Harwell, and this is a show where we talk about the movies that have slipped on through our cracks. Welcome back. It's been a while. We took a little break here, just enough uh, time for me to get the flu, and I'm getting over that, but I still, I think I sound a little weird. You guys may disagree, but uh, we're happy to be back and have you with us for our official season four it's actually been like five years, which sounds crazy, but of course, it's been a, a labor of love, and a lot of that is due to the person who does this show with me. So say hello to Craig Moorhead. Craig, how are you, sir? I'm doing all right, Sean. With an intro like that, how couldn't I be? Well, uh, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, if you had like a, a gaping wound of some kind, I guess that could still, you know. I feel like even so. kind of bad. Really? Wow. Yeah, I think that would have lifted my spirits. Uh, well, what did you do with your time off, Craig? How'd you use the break productively? Goodness gracious. Uh, I uh, celebrated the Christmas holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, celebrated the New Year's holidays. I uh, took the family to, to Disney World. Or maybe they took me to Disney World. I'm not yeah. sure how they, they view it. Yeah. Uh, but but we all went to Disney World. Fine. And then uh, other than that, I've been just, you know, working, working for the man. What about you, Sean? What did, what did you do uh, besides getting sick? Uh, that's a good question. I took a couple trips to L.A. It's been a little while since I did that, so it was nice to get back out there and uh, get in the trenches and go into the Netflix building for the first time, which is a crazy, crazy place of sheer extravagance that I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure will just be around forever, right, Craig? Mm-hmm. Can't, where, where would it go? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, these places never fail, right? No, never. Um, anyway, yeah, so I did that, I've been teaching, and I've been reading a lot of scripts and watching a lot of movies, so... Nice. I, all just fodder for my podcast brain here and trying to do a better job than I did last season, you know? Impossible. That is bad news for all the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to get back into it. I think we're going to kick this month off right and, and tee up a movie today and get everybody excited about watching it. And uh, it's one I've never heard of, and that's the whole reason we're doing this. If people have suggestions they want to make, please come say hello to us. And I don't know, Craig, you want to tell people where they can find us for old time's sake? Oh, I, I'd be happy to tell everybody where, where they can find us. You know, you can find us on Twitter, where you can find most things these days. Uh, if you're looking for... Uh, any kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, recipes probably. You can find them there on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And, and you can find us on Instagram. And you can find us uh, on Facebook, probably the easiest. And I mean, honestly, if you Google us and you do, you know, you see like never heard of it podcast, Craig and Sean, it's going to be us. Uh, but um, all those places, yeah, you can contact us. Uh, give us a piece of your mind. You know what I mean? And then you can find the podcast at iTunes, at Stitcher, um, uh, where else? Spotify. Yeah. And uh, yeah, boy, if, if if they have any places you can kind of rate us and maybe even submit a review, that really helps uh, other people find it, and uh, it grows our, uh, our 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 circle of trust. And that's what we need these days, I think, Sean. I would agree. And uh, once again, thank you for putting your trust in movies in us. Mm-hmm. Or is it the other way around? Trust yeah, in it's, us. Mm-hmm. It's just simultaneously both. Yeah. Okay, well, Craig, let's talk about the movie that we are going to tee up today, which is called High Spirits. This is from 1988. 
you recommended this and completely not on my radar at all. It's got some interesting people involved. And we are in comedy fantasy land, according to IMDb. Here's a hot take log line from the same site. When a hotelier, you know you're in, you know you're in good places when you're dealing with a hotelier, Craig. Oh, man. Uh, attempts to fill the chronic vacancies at his castle by launching an advertising campaign that falsely portrays the property as haunted. Two actual ghosts show up and end up falling for two guests. Now, see, it's, it's that very last bit <laughs> mm-hmm. that's got me really intrigued. Um, I don't know how you fall in love with a ghost or how ghosts fall in love with humans. Uh, I want to find out. So yeah, I thought, Craig, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about who's involved in this, and we'll see if, you know, if that's maybe enough to get people to watch this thing. Uh, that sounds great to me, Sean. Yeah, let me get into who is, uh, who's behind this endeavor. So we've got uh, none other than Neil Jordan directing. Uh, and this, I mean, this really feels like if, you know, Neil Jordan, he, he directed Crying Game, uh, Company of Wolves, Interview with the Vampire. If you're familiar with what Neil Jordan has done in the past, this definitely feels like a departure. Uh, looks like a departure on, on you know, on, on paper anyway. So right there, that's honestly what piqued my interest the most. I remember this from when I was a kid, but the fact that it's directed by Neil Jordan and written by Neil Jordan was very surprising because uh, it's not sold as what I would consider a Neil Jordan film. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and as I said, it's written by Neil Jordan. He also wrote uh, tw- tw- uh, 2018's Greta, and he's also just written a TV series called Riviera. Oh, really? Which is on Sundance now, or is about to be, or maybe just was. Huh. In the streaming world, it's so hard to tell <laughs> yes. when anything's happening. Um, but apparently he disowned that show because he said the scripts were all rewritten. I don't know what that's about. I couldn't get any more information out of that. But uh, um, something's going on with the show Riviera. I mean, they've had a couple seasons. Uh-huh. And uh, it seems like the second season they had bigger names in the first. Like Julia Stiles was a part of the first season, yeah, okay. I think. And I don't know. It, was, it, it, it seemed like a thing, but I really have no other idea what it's about. So, but I mean, Neil Jordan, he's he's written and directed a lot of very, very good stuff. Yeah. So you uh, saw, you kind of remember seeing stuff about this movie as a kid? Yes. I mean, I remember the poster. Yeah. Because I was drawn to anything with ghosts if it seemed like it was going to be haunted. <laughs> sure. Anything. Yeah. Anything. And and so, yeah, at the time, didn't care about who Neil Jordan was. Of course. But I knew I knew who Steve Gutenberg was, mm-hmm. and he's on the poster. And there's ghosts. So isn't that a uh, it's a satisfying feeling though? I was talking about this recently with students about how, you know, uh, you could find out that a movie that you were aware of or saw or liked as a kid w- was made by someone of significance <laughs> that you didn't yeah. realize at the time, and uh, especially something like this. That it, yeah, you're right. Like it does feel like it it maybe should have made a bigger splash in the sense that it's. Um, you know, it's this genre comedy thing yeah. made by this guy who's a prominent director, 
And uh, sure. Usually that only means one thing that it didn't do very well. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It, like it ends up like you've that. never you've never had a conversation about this movie yes. in your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but and that tells you everything you need to know. Exactly. And those are the ones that I think are really worth revisiting though because sometimes those just, you know, they just didn't get a fair shake um because of yes. everything else that was out at the time or its competition or or who knows what. Like um so we'll yeah. see. I think that's that's our job here is, is detectives. It's like figure out like okay why has no one ever heard of this thing and uh yes. yeah so maybe maybe it was unjustly buried we'll find out we will find out all right uh, Who else yeah i mean i i well and and that on that note okay. i've been finding the same thing that I, I i kind of don't want to watch any movie when it comes out the year it comes <laughs> yeah, out Yeah, i know like now i've started going back 10 years to oscar movies that i didn't see just because i'm like I, I can't watch them in the year i can't do it yeah. there's so much hype and like you know anyway oh man wait till you see uh crash dude wait till you see that (laughs) i've heard so much about it (laughs) so much uh so anyway back to high spirits uh high spirits is produced by just a whole slew of people anybody good there there are several interesting uh entries here okay i mean you know so you've got a few producers that are clearly sort of like the people who were like with Neil Jordan and interested in doing Neil Jordan stuff, you know, like you've got uh, Stephen Woolley. He produced Crying Game, an interview with a vampire. Uh-huh. Uh, what's the other one you have? Uh, uh, that's not the only one. No, can't be. Well, it's the only one I've got on here as, as kind of being one of uh, Neil Jordan's guys. Okay. We've got David Saunders. Uh, he produced Hellraiser and he EP'd what? the 2002 movie Fear.com, okay. which I I feel like needs to go on a list yeah. uh, of things to watch. Um, uh, we've got Selwyn Roberts. She's a co-producer on this. She produced uh, X-Men 2 and oddly enough was an executive producer on a movie in 1999 called Plunkett and McLean. Plunkett being uh, the last name of Peter O'Toole's character in this movie. Huh. I've heard um, of Plunkett at McLean. Yeah. 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 I don't yeah. know anything about uh, it, but I know the title. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it made some kind of a splash somewhere, but yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely haven't seen it. Uh, we've got Mark Damon, not to be confused with Mark Ruffalo. Um, it's not where, it's not where my head was going. <laughs> no. Um, well, he was, uh, uh, he executive produced this movie and he also produced Das Boot. Ah, das Never Boot. ending story, short circuit. And Lost Boys, among others. Huh. So uh, definitely a big uh, sort of 70s and 80s guy, a, a Wolfgang... Uh, Peterson, right? Yeah. Peterson guy, apparently. Uh, we've got Moisha Diamant, also executive producer on this. He produced Hard Target, Time Cop, Killer Clowns. Yeah. And uh, a movie that I fully endorse, I believe from 1989 or 1990, called I, Madman. If you like some of the kind of straight-to-video horror movies that came out, this is one of the better ones, man. I, Madman. Never do heard it. of that. Oh, my my God. Maybe that'll be a, a Halloween pick for yeah, this year. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. I, I want to revisit that real bad. I, Madman. We've got Nick Powell, uh, co-producer on this. He's producing the upcoming Scott Hicks movie, A Gentleman's War. Oh. Uh, oh, and he, and he was he was another Neil J- uh, Jordan guy. He did Crying Game. He was on Crying Game and uh, also produced the movie Shag. Yeah, beach music. We've got Edward Sarlui. Sure. Edward Sarlui. Uh, I've said it twice now. I'm not going to say it again. But uh, Edward 
sorry about your name, but you executive produced this. Uh, you also produced Killer Clowns and a movie called Ghosts Can't Do It, which seems to go against actually the idea of this. I movie. know. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Hmm. Well, we'll have to think about that. We've also got associate producer John Turtle. Now, John, uh, (laughs) don't do it. Don't you make fun of John Turtle. Okay. He produced one of my favorite Elm Streets, Elm Street 5. Mm. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 5, that is. (laughs) In case anyone was confused. Yeah, there's some of the other Elm Street franchise. But he was a financier on a ton of movies, uh, including movies like Dead Ringers and The Grey. Mm. Uh, We've got, uh, those are all the producers. Now, we can all... Take a breather from talking about producers. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, we've got music up next. Our music is composed by George Fenton, who uh, did music for Groundhog Day and Dangerous Liaisons and The Fisher King. So uh, nice. he seems like he knows what he's doing. We've got uh, DP is Alex Thompson. Alex Thompson shot Brana's Hamlet. Do you ever see this movie? Oh, yeah. You ever see? Yeah. Man, that's I, I really liked that movie. I did too. I that's had an urge to watch it again probably a month ago. And I don't I yeah, don't think it's, it's streaming anywhere right now. I was I was like, oh, I'd have to buy it. I don't think it is either. Yeah. I think it's I think it's on Blu-ray, but now I don't even know if it's on Blu-ray anymore. Huh. Like I don't know if you can get it. I, I gotta get on that. Yeah. Um but anyway, yeah, I really liked that when I saw that. Anyway, he he shot Brenna's Hamlet, um, Ridley Scott's Legend, uh, shot Excalibur. So, wow. I mean, that's that's some good stuff. That's some good-looking stuff. So I can't wait to see this. Edited by Michael Bradsell, who edited Local Hero. Uh, Brana's uh, Henry V. We got Max Headroom he edited. Wow. And, uh, of course, the movie I'm Dancing As Fast As I Can. Story of my life, yeah. The Sean Harwell <laughs> biography. What the, yeah, what oh. is the situation where you would say that phrase? I don't want to know. I'm not going to watch the movie. I know. Out. Well, I mean, that's that's why the movie exists. That's yeah. a good title. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, that, it, it asks a question that only the movie can answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, starring, and I mean, man, this 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 cast list goes goes deep. Yeah, it's a cast. It is a cast. Yeah, all right. yeah. We are going to start out with Peter O'Toole. You got to. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia, my favorite year. The Stuntman. We've got Steve Gutenberg, the Goots. Now, you and I are both of a certain age where I don't mm. think we would have ever asked this question, but I have to imagine there were people that like, you know, Peter O'Toole was around and was Peter O'Toole. And then Steve right. Gutenberg pops up on the scene. And those people probably never once in their life thought, hmm, I wonder if Gutenberg and O'Toole will ever do a movie together. Right, like no. it just there's nothing about that pairing that makes sense no. in my mind. I don't think I don't. I, I mean, I I do think it's it's a bit of countercasting. On which part? Right? On who? Like for who? For both of them? Well, or? well, I well, I, you know what? Honestly, judging by the posters, I feel like it's a Steve Gutenberg movie. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, it seems that way. But but we've also got Peter O'Toole, like you know. So so you you've got a sort of a giant of cinema. And you've got kind of the, the you know the the goofball who's who's been like a beloved goofball for the last few years, right. and we're gonna put those two guys together and see what happens. Yeah, 
Uh, I mean, he has, he has dramatic chops, right? He was in Diner. Oh, I like Gutenberg a lot. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I, so, I but mean, there's just nothing like I don't even think of that combination, and there's like no version of that working in my head. So, absolutely, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe yeah. that's part of why this movie is less heard of. Right. Well, yeah. So we've got we've got the Goots, and of course, he was in Police Academy, Cocoon, Short Circuit, Diner. God, yeah, what a run. Uh, and I mean, yeah, he was at, at this point, 1988. He, he's he's a big name. Oh, huge! He's huge. a big name. If you're if you're putting out a comedy and you got the goots on there, you're in good shape. Yeah. And this doesn't hurt either. You got Beverly D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. Uh, now she of Lampoon's Vacation, uh, America History X, which I forgot. Oh yeah. And uh, also had a small role in Annie Hall, which I didn't even think Did of. Did she really? She's on the TV show, I think that. Alvy? Uh, yeah, Alvy. I, I haven't watched that in a long time. I know. But uh, anyway, she's in that. She's a national treasure. Peter Gallagher. Peter Gallagher. Yep, the eyebrows. Yeah, Mr. Eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> so you got Sex Lies videotape. Another great movie called The Underneath, which I think is also... Yep, that's Soderbergh. The Underneath, a really nice little noir movie I remember watching back in the day. Hmm. Definitely check that out if you haven't seen it. Peter mm-hmm. Gallagher is... Uh, you know, for some reason, it seems like Peter Gallagher has actually had few chances to really be like a main dude and command a lot of screen time. Yeah. So if you like him, definitely check out the underneath. He was also in While You Were Sleeping, but of course he's the one who's sleeping. <laughs> and then uh, you've got uh, American Beauty, which I didn't remember him being in American Beauty. I uh, and, still don't remember him being in American Beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Try and picture it. I, 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 I'm not sure where he is. And he's also in Hudsucker Proxy, which I also don't remember. What? I think he was a reporter. Oh my god! I, we gotta get to the bottom of this. How has he been? I know in these movies. I know, but he's great. Okay. And 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 should be all over the place. Anyway, I'm sorry. We got a lot of casting. Yeah, through, yeah. Right? Keep I, going. I didn't mean to slow us down. Jennifer Tilly. The twos. Who, you gotta love Tilly. She's in Bound. She's in Bullets Over Broadway. She's in Bride of Chucky. All of her movies start with the letter B. <laughs> little known fact. That's how she chooses the role. Yep. Um. But she's fantastic. We've got Martin Ferrero, who's the lawyer in Jurassic Park, the hardware clerk in our movie Band of the Hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so love that guy. He's another one who I feel like like he hasn't headlined a movie. And then you look at his IMDb, he's like, no, he hasn't. Mm. But every time he shows up, he's total gold. We've got uh, Donald McCann. Uh, he played the doctor in Out of Africa. Mm. Uh, so we've seen him already. Okay. We've got Liz Smith. She was Grandma Georgina in Charlie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in uh, Tim Burton's huh. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And uh, I mean, Sean, have I not? Uh, have I run through all the biggest names in the movie? I mean, yet? that's a lot. I uh, it seems like a lot. That's a good cast. I've, I like a lot of those people. And I've still got a couple more. Okay, we've got Daryl Hannah. Oh, right. Yes. Of course, she from Splash, yeah. Clan of the Cave Bear, The Fury. And finally, and I mean, this isn't really finally. There are tons of other great people in the in the movie, but we've got Liam Neeson, who is, right. uh, you know, you saw on Schindler's List and Taken 3. So that's everything I've got. I mean, there's a, there's a huge amount of talent behind and in front of the camera here. Yeah. So right there, if I saw all of this... I am completely on board. Uh, it none of it jibes with the fact that the movie is not uh, constantly talked about. So 
right there. I'm dying to see it. But Sean, you've got even more stuff to sweeten this pot. I do. I am What's thinking, you know, there's, I don't know, like a lot of those cast names, well, several of them jump out to me as actors that I don't necessarily think of as funny actors. Mm-hmm. So that will be interesting to see too, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying dramatic actors can't be funny. So right. I, I hope Liam Neeson doesn't like shoot me in the back of the head or anything. If he's happen. hearing this. He's got a certain set of skills. I know. I don't want to launch a new franchise by dying. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. He's had enough. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's not a ton about this movie floating around on the internet. Sadly, um, found one little onset video, uh, but mostly sort of talking about the effects and with the guy that did some of the effects. I did find out, Craig, though, that Peter O'Toole perhaps was not the first choice for that character. That seems bizarre. Uh, if I say but, the name okay. Sean Connery, what do you think of? Well, I think of a uh, Zardoz. I think I think of a, a man in a skimpy bathing suit. Yeah, yeah. So I guess he was offered the role by the studio, but uh, later had to drop out, and so they recast it with Peter O'Toole. Not a bad second choice, although. No. I wonder what the actual oh boy, age I mean, difference what a is between those two. Tone. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, Steve Gutenberg had a lot of nice things to say about his co-stars. He said Daryl Hannah was, quote, sweet and shy and very complex. She played the Irish accent well. Regarding Peter O'Toole, he said, he stood his ground, knew when to say no, not that he was difficult. When the camera rolled, he was perfect. Off the set, he was very private, reminding me of a bad boy who had done it all. (laughs) I don't think of bad boys as being particularly private, but... Maybe mm. maybe he was with his bad boy self. Uh, but all three of those people, O'Toole, Gutenberg, and Daryl Hannah, also appeared in a movie together called El Dorado from 2012, which I think is an animated film, if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, yeah. Did not know that they were all in there doing voices. No, me neither. So the big sort of bit of trivia with this film is that apparently what we can find available to us to see in America is not the cut that Neil Jordan had in mind. Hmm. So I believe this was, I'm going to just say IMDb, and if it came from somewhere else, I apologize. I don't remember. Uh, There exists a print of this film that was Neil Jordan's original vision of this movie. It contains a much more serious tone than the theatrical release and is a much more of a fun mystery. There's a lot more footage of Liam Neeson's character, and the ghosts are allowed to have much more of a plot than in the theatrical release. Rumor has it that when the studio saw this cut, they had no idea how to market it, so they had it recut against Neil Jordan's wishes. He was allegedly locked out of the editing room at this point, and there was only a shortened version of his cut available on video at one time in Japan. So Japanese listeners... Oh, man, I want to see that now. Yeah, you know what to do. Uh, but it, I always do like to see sort of like the theatrical cut for most yeah. movies. Because, I, I don't know, I think that's more telling of the entire experience. And uh, certainly it tells the story of what the reception is like. So right. this movie was released November 18th, 1988. Um, nothing crazy as far as also known as around the world, except for in Finland. Hamu Hoteli. Hamu Hoteli. Go ahead. Which I think is all one word that translates to the Spectre Hotel, which is not a terrible title in and of itself. No. 
No. You got a couple taglines, Craig. He's an American and married. She's a ghost and gorgeous. Vacation romances are always a hassle. Ain't that the truth? Man, Ain't that I, the truth? I, I tell you what, man, it's such a hassle. I don't, I don't understand that per se. I mean, I feel like a vacation no. romance is is the opposite of a hassle, and that it's just done when your vacation is over. But maybe exactly, I mean, it kind of seems clean cut. Yeah, I can't claim to have had any or many. So what no. do I know? Okay, tagline number two: the comedy you'll lose your head over. Right, so that's going with the ghost uh, uh, idea. I guess so. Uh, we'll see if there's a headless ghost, though. Otherwise, eh, right, they're just reaching. So right now, uh, and I don't put a ton of weight into this, but uh, this, this movie is sitting at 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. But Janet Maslin, New York Times, was not completely critical. She said, High Spirits is filled with furniture splintering special effects and busy stunt work, none of which is executed with any special flair. Tricks like the one that has a canopy bed spinning wildly, rising to the ceiling, crashing through the floor, and then sliding down a flight of stairs are much more exhausting than they are funny. Luckily, High Spirits has a good cast and enough joie de vivre to rise above some of its underlying clumsiness. And she seemed particularly fond of Daryl Hannah in this movie. She, quote, said, she is everything a ghost ought to be, which, you know, I guess it could be a backhanded compliment, but uh, it, yeah, it reads <laughs> in context. It reads like she's very complimentary of, of, of Daryl here. And right. uh, Michael Wilmington, L.A. Times, uh, less flattering about the whole experience, said, quote, you might not be able to tell from high spirits, but Irish writer-director Neil Jordan is one of the world's most brilliant young filmmakers. Yet this latest movie is likely to strike audiences, and even Jordan admirers, as a big, crass, spectacular gone madly wrong. An overloud, frenetic try at a Beetlejuice-style scare comedy full of gauche gags, contrived romance, and screaming actors. Couldn't Irish poetry in American movies have had a happier marriage? A wonderful film seems to be peeking through a pile of hysterical shards and smashed bits. Citing the pieces of Jordan's poetics that glint through, your spirits remain high. Thinking about the mold they've been rudely shoved into gives you a ghostly low shiver. So that I find kind of interesting in the context that uh, this might not be Jordan's actual cut that Michael Wilmington has seen. Sure. So we'll find out. But it is interesting to think about this in terms of Beetlejuice. And, you know, even just it, it's still 1988. You're really not that far removed from this massive success of Ghostbusters. And it does feel like a ripe time for movies that were trying to be a little bit scary and a little bit funny. You know, the burbs comes to mind and, and, and things like that. And I, I certainly have a, yeah. a soft spot for movies that can do that tone in any capacity. So, you know, I, I understand with all of these people involved, absolutely why this movie got greenlit. Um, you know, I'd be curious mm -hmm. to know how far the final product differs from the screenplay, but, yeah, it must have felt like a no-brainer in some ways uh, in 1988. Absolutely. Uh, it had a budget of $17 million and unfortunately made exactly half that worldwide at the box office, 8.5. Uh, do you remember the number one movie in 1988, Craig? Uh, 1988, that would have to be Die Hard. Uh, no, but that was in the top 10. Uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? <laughs> eh, made 156. I mean, that movie was... Gosh, like that's one of the first movies I remember 
really anticipating, like being excited about. And when I, oh, yeah. I look back at that and I realize that is only because of marketing. That is the entire reason. Sure. <laughs> like, I still don't understand what that movie is. Like, I haven't seen it in forever. I just remember, like, watching it and not entirely getting it or loving it, but I still had, I got a Roger Rabbit toy. Like, I remember, like, yeah. I didn't care. You like, had to be a part of it. Yes. Like, I, I yeah. just had, had that thing about it. And it's such a weird movie. And, uh, you know, nothing about the cast necessarily says this is going to be the number one movie in the world. But uh, it was. Number two was Coming to America, followed by Good Morning Vietnam, Big Crocodile Dundee 2, Three Men and a Baby, Die Hard, Moonstruck, Cocktail, and Beetlejuice. And God bless it, because there's only one sequel in there, Craig. Um, I mean, yeah. granted, a lot of these movies launched sequels themselves, but man, that's a good mix of things, a good mix of uh, actors and, and big talents. And uh, then, of course, just Crocodile Dundee, too. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you also had in the top 20 A Fish Called Wanda, Willow, Rambo 3, Scrooge, Bull Durham, Twins, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, uh, do you remember which movie that was? Uh, that would have been Dream Warriors. I thought Dream Warriors was three. No? Oh, no, you're right. Three is Dream Warriors. Four can't be the, the dream <laughs> child. Uh, it's so hard. Uh, you're... you're right. No, three is definitely Dream Warriors. Okay. I'm sorry I misspoke. Well, these are always good trivia questions, but Colors, Young Guns, Biloxi Blues, The Naked Gun, The Great Outdoors. I mean, that top 20 right there, Craig, that's like, I feel like that's my childhood. Like, that is my, there's so much movie yeah. there, like, across genre, like, completely across genre, and everything. And, again, like, just so many good actors and big names and different, different, different type of movies. It's great. Um, and just a few others from 1988 of notes, the last emperor midnight run, the Deadpool broadcast news rain man technically came out in the end of 1988, though it made most of its money in 89. And you also had the accused Ernest saves Christmas, throw mama from the train, funny farm, alienation, Eddie Murphy, raw license to drive <laughs> short circuit Two, married to the mob, Tucker, the man in his dream, serpent in the rainbow, police Academy five, which I'm not even going to ask you what the subtitle was, but that was Assignment Miami Beach because nobody knows that. Uh, Friday the 13th Part 7, which you probably know as the New Blood. Batteries Not Included, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, Halloween 4, which everybody knows is the return of Michael Myers, uh, which makes no sense because he's returned in every single movie. Uh, Johnny Be Good, She's Having a Baby, Cocoon, The Return, Big Top Pee Wee, Arthur 2, School Days, Poltergeist 3, Stand and Deliver, Vice Versa. I remember seeing that in the theater. Oh, yeah. Empire of the Sun, They Live, Mystic Pizza, Working Girl, Bloodsport, Caddyshack 2, which was a major bomb. I mean, that movie... Wow. I, I know. I kind of can't believe that came out so long ago. In a weird way, I felt like it came out in the 90s, but yeah. Yeah, but it it, it missed the miss, missed the mark. I was surprised. I, I looked... Uh, oh, Last yeah. Temptation of Christ, Dead Ringers, Hairspray, Mac and Me, Hot to Trot, which I also saw in theaters, which was a movie about a horse and it had Bobcat <laughs> Goldthwait in it. <laughs> Not good. Uh, Missing in Action 3, Hellraiser 2, Eight Men Out, John Sayles, Pumpkinhead, Wings of Desire, the Vendors movie. Uh, I'm going to get you Sucka, Thin Blue Line, Maniac Cop, uh, Palakatsi, and Decline of Western Civilization Part 2. So, again, got some documentaries in there and 
Yeah. Big Scorsese, Spielberg, Bertolucci, uh, just all kinds of stuff there. Uh, I think I already tipped the hat. You know what won Best Picture that year? It was Rain Man. Uh, Accidental Tourist, Dangerous Liaisons, Mississippi Burning, and Working Girl were all nominated. Best Director was Barry Levinson. Best Actor was Dustin Hoffman, both from Rain Man. Best Actress was Jodie Foster in The Accused. Have you ever seen The Accused? Man, you know what? I actually started watching that not long ago, and I can't remember what stopped me from watching it. Well, it's a tough but, movie uh, to get through. Like it's well, pretty for harrowing. sure, it's yeah. not. Yeah, it's not the way you initially want to end every single workday. Yeah, it's a good one. A little movie too. Uh, best supporting actor was Kevin Klein from Fish Called Wanda. Best supporting actress mm-hmm. Gina Davis from The Accidental Tourist, which I still have never seen. But I've uh, seen big year for Gina Davis between that and Beetlejuice. I didn't realize Frances McDormand yep. was nominated uh, for Best Supporting Actress in Mississippi Burning. I had no idea. I don't. I don't know that I've ever seen that movie, no. but yeah, I kind of like. I just have this like sense of her as being in Blood Simple and then not really making anything until Fargo. <laughs> that's just completely not true. So uh, that's that's my own whole. Uh, the Frances McDormand yeah, triangle. So, um, you just everything. Jesus, terrible. Uh, Pell the Conqueror won uh, Best uh, Film in a Language Other Than English, and Best Makeup went to Beetlejuice, and Best Visual Effects went to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So, yeah. uh, I mentioned that Janet Maslin had very positive things to say about Daryl Hannah, which I found interesting mainly because I had already discovered in my research at the time that she was nominated for a Razzie that year as worst supporting mm-hmm. actress. And, you know, I feel like she's just one of those actresses that's so gorgeous that uh, this is going to happen to, right? Like, you know, they're just destined right. to make a movie where they get nominated for a Razzie um, for all the various reasons that I'm implying. Uh, but she did not win. She lost to Christy McNichol uh, for two moon junctions. So, Losing a Razzie is is a victory in and of itself, I think, right? I, I suppose so. Yep. And that is all I got from High Spirits. Now, is there anything uh, you unpacked there that makes you even more excited about seeing this? Well, I mean, there there are a few things, and and really, what's what's driving me to want to see this right now are all of these incongru- incongruities. Are all these incongruities? Yeah, you know, like you know, we we already talked about sort of the casting that seemed, you know, what a, what an interesting idea, you know, to put O'Toole versus Gutenberg mm-hmm. and like what kind of movie is this in a way, and uh, but yeah, so we got Daryl Hannah as a ghost being nominated for a Razzie, which, like, I kind of don't even know what that means. Like, there's no way Daryl Hannah <laughs> has completely bombed this movie. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So it's like that I want to figure out, that I want to see, and the whole thing about it being re-edited or edited out of Neil Jordan's control. Like I wonder how much of that is really going to be apparent. Usually it seems when a studio takes something away, it's like they've decided it's bad, and so they're going to... I don't know. I I don't know if... um, Is there a story of a movie that's ever been saved by a studio? I doubt you would know about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. It, I cuz if it really totally works, yeah. everyone's happy and no one says I mean, anything. so many movies build in reshoots into the schedule now and I think I have right. for for years. And you really only hear about it when that's like there's reason to think it might be bad, you know. Um 
you never talk about right. like, oh yeah, they completely reshot the ending and thank God because it, it totally, it saved the movie, you know? Um, right. But, you know, it absolutely happens. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I'm kind of really curious to look at this in comparison to Beetlejuice because when you take Beetlejuice yeah. sort of on its own, it is such a bizarre movie. Like it, it mm-hmm. shouldn't work in a lot of ways, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because of just the overtopness of Michael Keaton and that character, which in a way isn't terribly connected to, <laughs> to the rest of the story. Right. You know, I mean, the story is kind of about this girl and the, and these two ghosts and, um, you know, he kind of comes in and just steamrolls the entire movie in a way that I absolutely love. And, yeah. uh, so like, it's interesting to know that this came out the exact same year and like, what is it about one version of that type of story that works versus another that doesn't necessarily connect with an audience at least. So I always yeah. find that stuff fascinating. And just as, as people that grew up in this era, but also just looking back at, at, uh, at film, um, and hoping to see things kind of more clearly than than you would necessarily the week it comes out. So yeah, absolutely, yeah, I, I'm I'm on board for that reason and dying to see how the cast works, dying to see what this thing looks like. Um, you know, certainly mm-hmm. he's made some good looking movies, Neil Jordan and, and his cinematographer that you mentioned. So I'm pumped. You're pumped. My Reeboks are pumped. Mm. My tires are <laughs> pumped. Good. Uh, what else? Uh, my uh, air mattress is pumped, Craig. I, don't, I think that's all I have that could be pumped. That's, that's They're all fine. pumped, that, though. That's all you yeah. need. Yeah. So this movie is streaming on Amazon Prime right now. If you remember, you can go check it out at no additional cost. I think you should. And we'd love to hear from you after you see it. We'll be back next time to kind of get into it and talk about what we thought of it and how it worked for us and then you know, we'll touch some more on these things that we mentioned today as far as like, you know, uh, comparisons to other things from the era, because I think that's going to be inevitable, you know? Yeah. God bless the 80s. They gave us a lot to work with. I know. They really, in a way, they gave us every movie that really we needed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that yeah. list of movies, uh, again, is it really is, I just looking at it, it was like, this is foundational to my sort of storytelling life, I guess. Um, yes. Across the board in so many good ways and different ways. Um, so I think that's it. That's all I got, Craig. Uh, thank you for bringing this to my attention. And I'm excited again to get into it. Would you like to share any last words, sir? Uh, yes. It's Nightmare on Elm Street for the Dream Master. I'm not stupid. I'm Dream really sorry. Master. I apologize to every horror fan listening when they had to cringe for a moment and shout at their... Uh, device that uh that's not the right title i apologize i think the person you really need to apologize to is freddy krueger but not until you go to sleep tonight craig (laughs) that's not cool john that's not cool that's not cool all right well if you're still alive uh we'll talk next time all right sounds good (laughs) all right bye-bye